everybody. This is The Simpsons Show. I'm Robbie with my co-host Matt, and we are here to talk about The Simpsons from the beginning. Matt, how are you? I'm defeated, Robbie. I just, I don't know if I can do this any longer. I'm, I'm so tired of the reality TV show jokes, and it's it's only season 14. There's so many more years of reality TV to go. I mean, there's only roughly 370 episodes to go. Mm-hmm. So only somewhat doubling what we've already done before we catch up to where they are now. I mean, by that time we catch up to it, it'll be you know seven years from now, maybe. At that point, they'll released another you know 150 episodes, which we'll be able to t- tackle in three three additional years. So we only got a decade to go. Yay! Yay! <laughs> Hi guys, we are brought to you by supporters on Patreon. You can support us by going to patreon.com slash the Simpson Show for only two hours a month to gain access to all of our bonus content. Uh we have some people to thank, Matt. Fantastic. I'm so sorry it has to be on this episode, but thank you guys so much. Uh first, Brandon B. Thank you, Brandon. Thank you, Brandon. Uh then Faith Von Frankenstein. Thank you, Faith. Faith, that is an amazing name. Once again, I'm sorry this is the episode we have to thank you on. Maybe we'll go back and do it on a better episode. <laughs> Vicky Glaze. Thank you, Vicky. Thank you, Vicky. This week's episode is Helter Shelter, episode DABF21, originally aired December 1st, 2002, written by Brian Pollock and Mert Rich, directed by Mark Kirkland, uh, received an 8.2, 22nd in the ratings, highest rated broadcast on Fox that week, beating Boston Public, King of the Hill, 24, and Malcolm in the Middle. Simpsons are just a Goliath. Apparently, no matter how bad it gets, they just keep they're staying on top. I guess the chalkboard gag Millhouse did not test QD positive. Which I mean, let's be honest, he probably did. Nah, that's I think Bart's trying to cover. Uh the couch uh-huh. gag, uh as this is like a uh the it's like a, the the Simpsons are in a like MS Paint type program and are moved around the the room with a mouse mm-hmm. i when when matt do you think that the knowledge of photoshop and photo manipulation entered in the public consciousness i would say early 2000s so probably around this time 2002 2003 before I, like photoshop became a verb essentially right i'm i i i myself didn't know about it until i was in college so there's a little bit after this mhm but I'm just curious about when the average person, maybe you could ask, like, hey, do you understand what Photoshop is? Do you understand what it can do? This is kind of a little bit, you know, showing, you know, what a paint program on The Simpsons is just makes me think about it. Uh, this episode guest stars David Lander as Squiggy. Don't know who Squiggy is. Don't know who David Lander is. What? I don't know who either of those people are. I mean, Squiggy is a character. Right. Played by David Lander. Oh, that 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 is the person who played him. I I thought they got somebody else to Matt. Okay, David Lander mm. not been super busy since after <laughs> after <gasps> okay. Liver and Shirley mostly doing voice stuff, um, which makes sense to be on The Simpsons. But Good he, for him, he played Squiggy on Liver and Shirley. All right, fair enough. Opposite many other people that are much more famous than him. Um. I don't know why he's in this episode, but he's in it. And Larry Holmes plays himself very briefly. Mm-hmm. Very, very briefly. Which is fine. The weirdest setup ever, but we're going to get to that. Yeah, this episode. 
I don't know. Maybe just having a break helped me, Matt, because I don't seem as exas- I don't feel like I'm as exasperated as you are. Yeah, it's definitely possible. Uh, this is just, yeah, yeah. Don't get me wrong; it's not good. I'll let you guys know ahead of time. It's not a good episode. Um, the episode begins literally with Homer getting it in the head. First thing that happens, which you know, probably a good thing for him. <laughs> so Smithers and Burns give him skybox tickets to 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 soothe him i guess so that it isn't sue yeah well yeah because i'm assuming that he uh like they, they made him sign something just like the annual montgomery abort uh, montgomery burns award for lifetime achievement in the field of excellence right so homer gets skybox tickets and got, I, buckle in because it's gonna when you think of the name when we look at the synopsis of this episode and you look at the name of the episode and you're like oh it's the this reality show episode where they go live in the 1895 house. It takes half the episode for them to do that half of this episode. It starts so they go get tickets to a skybox in an arena we don't know what it's for and then we do discover what it's for and then everyone hates hockey all of a sudden I don't know. Woohoo! I got Skybox tickets, and with only 20% loss of my brain function. Life is gross! Can't beat a Skybox. All the excitement of being in the sky with the security of being in a box. Oh, this is going to be the coolest basketball game ever. Actually, it says here we're going to see hockey. No! But no, what does it matter? Who cares? Hockey's fun to watch it live. It's best live. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, honestly, between hockey and basketball, I like them equally. Like, these are my two favorite sports to watch live because the games are fast paced. They're over relatively quickly before I get bored. And they're just fun to watch straight up. Like, it's way better than baseball or football. Baseball is a good sport to drink, too, Matt. That's what I that's baseball is a good drinking sport to watch. Like, just have beers. Because you don't you don't have to pay attention <laughs> if you don't want oh, to. Football has so much freaking downtime. Oh, don't. Uh, sorry, I have had to work a lot of football games over the holidays, and I'm very tired of them. So I they I also I think my uh, I'm like one I like hockey. It's the one sport I follow. Uh, but like Lisa and Bart played hockey. They liked it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they were good at it. Why did they suddenly hate hockey? Because the plot requires them to not. Uh, like I hockey. guess so. Also, Matt. I don't need The Simpsons to be a docu- a documentary. Mm-hmm. Hockey players don't wear short sleeves and shorts. Like, what is going on with their uniforms? Their jerseys uh, are... Uh, what is going on? Lazy animation? It's... But watch one hockey game that's all you like literally they've whoa, animated whoa, Robbie, you're that's like doing research and research is not allowed i guess so so uh the simpsons arrive at the arena everyone's apparently disappointed that they're watching a hockey game despite the fact that hockey attendance is really really good in every almost every place except for maybe arizona and even that's different <laughs> even that's different this year because arizona is actually good um in miami i guess the Mar- the the panthers always have pretty bad attendance but the simpsons go to the skybox while the regular fans get punched would the gentleman care for some cologne you have anything with ground up whale in it but of course hey don't we regular fans get anything hey do we tip these guys or what 
so I there's a couple early gags I like, Matt. I like that bit with the do we tip these guys? That's a funny line. Uh, yes, yes, I like. It's a good one-liner. It's a good one-liner. Marge's line about the the the, the about skyboxes. I liked that. Thought that was funny. Made me got me chuckling. Uh, so I'm not necessarily you know angry yet at this episode. I'm not frustrated yet. I'm just like, oh, there's some good fun jokes in here. They don't know what hockey is apparently, but you know who cares? Uh, we get a long montage of skyboxes being like this luxury hotel at an arena. Which isn't quite true. Um, depends on which what arena you're at and what skybox you have, what kind of setup they've got. Some of them are very, very nice. I would say most of them aren't that nice, but yeah. whatever. You know, it works. Yeah, they're not quite that nice. They're all pretty nice, but they, they they tend to be a little smaller than that. Right, but I it, it works. You know, I think this works well enough. It's like very much like, oh look, the Simpsons get to taste you know the the niceness of life for once, and they instantly become. The upper class for like, you know, because the rest of the uh, of the the plebs down below try and climb their way up to the luxury box and Homer dumps hot fudge on them so that they fail. Um, Lisa, however, wants to get close to the action. She wants to be among the common man. So she goes down near the ice. This is a joke. You'll find me down with the real fans, standing ankle deep in beer and blood. Fine, watch your stupid Eagles concert. It's a hockey game. Whatever. Hey, Kozlov, aim for the five hole. He's got an opening the size of Red Square. Thank you, mouthy American child. Please to take my hockey tree. It's time to go. But the game's not even over. They've already told the Skybox fans who's going to win. Huh? <laughs> yeah! Go Isotopes! Yep. It's, you know, it's pretty brave of her to be talking about somebody's five hole. Like, kind of talk and get you beat up in a lot of places. Uh, very funny, Matt. You're a funny guy. Uh, that's the one one bit of hockey terminology that is correct. Um... She gets Lisa gets handed a stick by Kozlov, um, another like most like ninety nine percent of hockey players do they use composite sticks? They do not use wood sticks anymore. That's um, kind of what I would have said. Yeah, whatever. We're still not to the plot, Matt. Well, no, of course not. I mean, we have no idea what the plot's even going to be. Maybe it's going to be about hockey. That would be great. Maybe it'll be about uh, an arena of some type. Again. That'd be great. It, it's just, it, and this is, you know, like four or five minutes in, and all we've gotten is the Simpsons go to arena, Lisa leaves with a hockey stick. That is literally what it, the plot has actually accomplished. There's some good gags in there, and I think that's largely why that stuff actually happened. But, my God, guys, no, they're just not there. So, Lisa nails, the, or Homer nails the hockey stick that Lisa got from the player over her bed, and... After, eventually, we get to the point where, oh, we see that there are termites in a hockey stick. Mm -hmm. That's that's where termites live. They live in the wood, obviously. I'm I'm willing to take a good amount of stupidity, Matt. Mm -hmm. I I just did a whole bunch of that, of them obviously not watching a single hockey game before they animated a hockey game. But Uh termites in a hockey stick. That a player was actually using on the ice. 
that he's for some reason brought with him from Russia? Correct. That still had the Soviet sickle and hammer on it, by the way. Mm-hmm. In 2002. So, the hockey stick has termites in it. Indeed it does. Hockey stick has termites in it. I just have to keep saying this to remind myself, this has actually happened in this episode. This is not made up. So, termites infest the house. Immediately. Immediately, Matt. Of course, immediately. It, it takes literally the next morning before they have eaten the house to the point where it just stops working. Because, apart. well, because... They are Russian super termites. Uh, and so, the house must be tented. I think we might have termites. These are no ordinary termites. What you've got here are Russian no-woodniks. Can you save our house? Okay, but in order to kill these bugs, I've got to live like a bug, think like a bug, become a bug. Oh. Why do you always hire the cheapest guy? I go by how funny the sign is. Sweet! A circus! Let's sneak in! That's using your noodle. So, when can we go back on our house? Not for a while, I'm afraid. I had to use the good poison. It comes with James Coburn's picture on the bottle. This place won't be inhabitable for another six months. But where will we live? Don't worry. We'll just hang out in front of the house beside these garbage cans. And then we get, you know, a King of the Hill montage with the, the intro music. Six, six months, Robbie? Six months? That's That's... <sighs> Yeah, I know, Matt. I, I, six months to to, to tent a house. Literally. Tent a house for six months. We're going to be pumping insecticide through a house for six months because these termites, if these termites existed in the real world, we all, there would be no wood left if it takes six months of poison to kill them. They are, they are immortal. They are, they are, died of starvation. They are the most powerful creatures on earth. Um, It's just, and and I think, and this stuff is adding up. This is my experience watching these episodes, Matt. This stuff's starting to add up at this point. I go, oh, that's not how hockey's played. That's not how this works. Why is there, why are there termites in this wooden hockey stick? Why are they suddenly infesting a house overnight? Why does it take six months for it to be tented? I don't know. Why? Why? And I think it just... It, this is where the rankling starts, man. I, you know, you start that, you know, we start each episode feeling so exasperated already. It's because we watched all this, and by the end of the episode, you just feel like you're going crazy because it's these little tiny things. All of them are illogical. None of them make sense, and you do it over and over and over. It's not just one illogical thing to help an act to help a plot stay together. I think we can look over that stuff if it's one thing. You're like, ah, eh, whatever. One thing is fine, but literally. Worse, that we go to commercial act two, six minutes, 24 seconds in, three things that just in order, you're like, why do we do it this way? And it continues. Mm, it does. It does. It, it continues because it somehow gets worse from here. We still have not hit the, hit the uh, main plot. However, uh, we find out that in a very throwaway joke that every hotel room is booked uh, because it has to be for the plot to make sense uh, because of a brand producer's convention, uh, which... Sure, why not? 
so the Simpsons uh, have a whole bunch of stuff they have to go through because they try and look for all their friends. Uh, they don't check with the Flanderses. They don't check with the Hibbertses. Uh, they don't check with the Van Houtens. Uh, they don't check with literally any of the they, no Patty and Selma, which I Homer would probably veto that one. But still, uh, they go first to Lenny, and it gets weirder from there. Why don't we stay at a youth hostel? I do not want another lecture from a German backpacker about how we don't appreciate the national park system. I know. We'll stay with my very best friend in the world, Lanny. Hi, Simpsons. That's Lanny. Oh, I wanted the black one. Wow, Lenny, your apartment is stunning. So how do you afford such a sweet pad? What the hell was that? Oh, I share a common wall with a highlight cord. Ah! <laughs> That's just the sound of the pelota hitting the fronton. I find it soothing. <sighs> Thanks for letting us stay with you. Oh, please, it is such an honor to host our favorite family. And you came at an exciting time. I'm chairing a meeting of the Galactic UN. My apologies, the paint is still wet on Ambassador Farfoon. So, yes. They have the joke. The Simpsons need somewhere to stay. They go look for other people. And their only two people are Lenny, Leonard, Leonard, not to be confused with Carl Carlson, and comic book guy who has a tiny apartment with cardboard cutouts. That's the whole bit. <laughs> I'm... I... I... I <laughs> I, I, it's, it's, and it's not, I, I, Matt, here, I'm going to say this, this, mm-hmm. these jokes are okay. Like, it's not, like, it's not a bad gag, you know, to have a weird, like this crazy apartment that has a highlight cord on one side and the, the wall's like, boom, boom, it's vibrating every time a ball hits it. That's fine. It's this layer after layer, layer of, of Ill, just, you know, unlogical, illogical things adding up of, Hockey stick having termites and the termites infesting a house. It's six months to tent the house and every hotel room is booked. And then we get to Lenny's apartment and sure, it shares a wall with a highlight court. Are they playing highlight at midnight? No, they play it. No, maybe into the early evening and then they would stop. When are the Simpsons home? They go to school and work. Maybe Marge would have to be home. So maybe Marge could voice some dissent. Or Marge could just go stay to like live in a like go go hang out at a coffee shop during the day, like it's still or buy earplugs. That's not complicated. It's a free place yeah, to is, stay. It's, it's a free place to stay, and it's a really nice apartment which they go into. And that's the thing. And like comic guy, sure you're not going to live with comic book guy, but it's just these things. Every step along the way, it is purposefully breaking the reality of the show. Like the Simpsons are are a real family. If I have to buy into the stakes of, oh, they can't live in their house, when they're presented with a viable option, they should try and take it. When they don't, it just reminds me, this is a television show, it's not real, and don't even think about, don't suspend your disbelief <laughs> for a second. Hey, just, this is a just a way to tell dumb jokes. And I'm like, I want more than just dumb jokes. I want a plot that makes sense. And that, there's no hint of that in this episode. No, not even a little bit. So, moving on. Uh, they all go to Moe's because, hey, the Simpsons never asked Moe, uh, but apparently no one wants to stay with Moe or stay at Moe's, uh, so they go there to commiserate. Uh, luckily, the drunks there have a great idea. They should 
get on a reality TV show because this was the early 2000s when reality TV was still something that we constantly made fun of instead of accepting the inevitability that it is all entertainment going forward that's not on premium cable or Netflix. And somehow they all know about this new reality show in Springfield that's looking for new members uh, where they get to act like everything is 1895 because that could never get boring. But we're going to talk about the show eventually. Lots, I assume. Uh, so yes, uh, they go and they audition for the show and there's a whole bunch of bad jokes about, uh, Bill Cosby, uh, which weren't good then and are way worse now. Uh, and other reality TV staples, let's say, but, uh, the Simpsons get in, uh, because I don't know, the plot requires it. <laughs> they win the job to go in this reality show, Matt, to take, oh, to live in this 1895 house, nine minutes i looked at the time nine mm-hmm. minutes in to this episode nine minutes everything literally the things that have happened in this episode are the simpsons lost their house they got a job to re- in a reality show those are the actual things that matter in this plot that have happened in this episode correct it took nine minutes for them to do that nine minutes yep. why uh, because they had the idea of what this episode was going to be about. They said, all right, we need the Simpsons out of the house. How do we get them out of the house? Well, they get termites and they have to leave. Well, how do they get termites? Well, I have a whole bit about hockey that I want to uh, just shoehorn in here. And maybe they come out of a, I don't know, a hockey stick. That's wood and it has to do with hockey. So let's just marry these two stupid things together and boom, we have a plot. Well, that only leaves us, you know, eight minutes to have the actual plot. Yeah, but there's not really much plot there anyway. So that's okay. Like we were talking for a bonus episode in, on the Patreon, we did Jurassic Park. We talked about Jurassic Park and Itchy and Scratchy Land. We talked about how efficient Itchy and Scratchy Land is, how quickly it gets the family to the park, where then we they just they just have fun and they riff with a the writers riff on theme parks and both Westworld and Jurassic Park and Disney, and it's a lot of fun. It's a great episode, one of the best. And they do it really fast. They're in itchy, itchy and scratchy land before the end of the first act. It takes nine minutes to get to the jo- to the reality show thing. The thing they're supposed to be making fun of. The thing this episode's supposed to be about. And it takes them half the episode to get to it. If you don't have a... And you, Matt, you're, what you said is right. They It took so long to get there. It's because they don't have much to say about it. You know, they have, don't have that many jokes about 1895 about chamber pots and using straight razors and six hours to make breakfast. They don't have that many jokes. So they're like, oh, well, we can't do much with it, so we're going to get out real fast, too. And you're like, well, if you don't have much to say about a thing, maybe don't center the episode around it. Maybe make an episode. You can make an episode about anything. Literally, like your your imagination is the limit. Yeah, that's true. Nine that's minutes. True. Nine minutes in. So, yes, nine minutes in, we have finally gotten to the point of the reality show, and we get to see the family on the show. They're in an old-timey look at house, uh, kind of like uh, the uh, – uh, uh, not brothel, not bordello, uh, the burlesque house. Uh, looks, it's almost exactly that same house. The Maison uh, Derriere. Exactly. That's the one. And they have to dress in old-timey clothes, which are horrible. Uh, there's Homer doesn't know where a chamber pot is. He puts it on his head and then gets mad when someone corrects him because that's what Homer does. Uh, they get a confessional booth because it's a reality TV show, so they have to have a confessional booth. You, you can't have a reality TV show without one. 
Uh, but then the next morning, it takes six hours for the ladies to make breakfast because, of course, it does. Uh, Homer can't use a straight razor, so he cuts himself up to the point where there's massive blood loss. Although I'm pretty sure in 1895 they had safety razors. I could be wrong. I could have been in the early 1900s. I could be off by a decade or so. Anyway, uh, they also have a car uh, that has coal in it, uh, which, okay, 1895 was actually a hotbed of innovation for cars uh, because they had electric cars, they had gasoline cars, they had kerosene cars. They had, they did have coal cars, but they were very unpopular because it's basically a steam car and doesn't work super well. Uh, so I guess they're just in that for the joke. Uh, but they use the coal car to get to the Quickie Mart, uh, where Apu is basically in on it with the producers of the show. By orders of the reality channel, I must make sure that you only buy items available in 1895. Hey, Oreos. Sorry, these are from 1896. Non-scarring toilet paper. <laughs> Dream on. Urkel O's. Delicious, but forbidden. I'll just take these tampons. I don't believe they had those in 1895. Yes, they did. Look closer. Ooh. 23 skidoo. 23 skidoo. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were safety razors in 1895. Okay, good. So, yes, they are completely wrong. There safety was... razors are great, and I still use one. There's protective guards for regular straight razors as early as the, the, the mid-1700s. Wow. So there, if you needed a way to not cut – if you were bad with a straight razor, there were ways to protect yourself long before 1895. But I will give them – you know, they didn't have Wikipedia, Matt, in 2002. So That's true, but they had the freaking Encyclopedia Britannica. They at least had that. They, they had Carta on CD. They did, I know. But that wouldn't – they, would, they didn't watch a hockey game, Matt. They're not going to look up safety razors. It's fine. Again, these things are small. They don't really matter unless there's a lot of them. <laughs> that's true you can forgive like one or two little things in an episode up to five little things in an episode when the entire episode is nothing but little stupid things with a couple good jokes mixed in it starts to wear on you yeah it um, does so it does wear on you doesn't it <sighs> it really does so uh we then get more jokes about old underwear because apparently marge is wearing literal medieval armor under her victorian undergarments when they want to get frisky so that doesn't work out very well uh, but then everyone hates it in the house uh, because obviously you have to live like it's 1895 and no one wants to do that except weirdos who are really into Renaissance fairs, which are hundreds of years before. I don't think ever, not, n- not even those people want to live like it's 1895. They want to ha- dress like it's 1895, but not want to have the internet and true. indoor plumbing and all that stuff. They want all that That's stuff. That's true. And like I said, weirdos who like Renaissance fairs, because Renaissance fairs are awesome. There are just some weird people at them who want to act like that. I, I mean, want to make clear I'm not the, making a broad generalization. I'm going to say that it's when you just assume you amass enough people together, Matt, there's going to be weirdos. That's true. That is so true. So, yes. Uh, at this point, uh, Homer rallies everyone to say, no, no, we have to keep going in this reality TV show because there we have no other options. We're completely out of options. And so we get more we get a montage uh, that I did not capture because it's just video. There's no audio or anything of what's actually going on. But it's them slowly adapting to 1895. Um, and then once they do. Uh, you know, we get jokes about, you know, horrible uh, marriages in 1895 and Bart taking cod liver oil and just how awful everything possibly is. But this is boring. So we go to the old reality TV standby of bringing in a celebrity whose phone has not been turned off, which is where we get Squiggy, which, OK, I, I hope somebody just knew Squiggy and they're like, hey, we need somebody who's from a 70s sitcom and I know this guy. He's great. Let's bring him in. And they didn't have to go look somebody up. Maybe they did. I don't know. Uh, But unfortunately, 
it's still boring because Sugi is not uh, caused enough of a ruckus, uh, even though he advises them to be worse. So uh, they, the executives watch a whole bunch of other shows as research because that's what they do. Uh, there's no original ideas. And they decide that in the middle of the night, they're going to use a helicopter to lift the house away. And with that, we go to commercial. We have no idea what's going to happen to the Simpsons in what will be a completely sensical, uh, common sense way to end this in Act 3. That's 15 minutes in. 15 minutes and 33 seconds. A huge, huge second act. Um, I don't mind all those jokes you talked about, all the gags from 1895, which some of them are accurate, some of them are not. Who cares? Some of them are, are some of them are entertaining. I you know I liked the bit about the 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 you know the breakfast take at six hours. I like the idea of Lisa having to marry someone you know about some terrible person like Hiram beat wife. Yeah, exactly. That's like that's I enjoy like that is satire. It's light satire, but it's something. Even if it's about you know it is speaking about how we've advanced as a, as a culture over the under a hundred years roughly since eighteen ninety five, but. It doesn't really get and like it starts to be like, oh, this this is a this episode supposedly about the joke about reality shows. It's a joke about it's speaking about reality shows, how they're all empty and full of empty drama and conflict that is all artificial and none of it's actually real. Mm-hmm. And that's there's plenty to be said about that, especially in 2002, a lot less now, but in 2002. There is still plenty to be said about reality shows. And The Simpsons could easily skewer them and, I think, drive into that core issue of, like, this isn't real. This is all artificial. It's not a reality show. It's just empty conflict with bad acting. And they could do that. And that would make a great episode. It doesn't really get there. It just descends. It just devolves into, like, they do some bits about old-timey stuff for a while in the second act and you this is when you think they get to the bit where oh the reality show is now manipulating them to try and make it more more dramatic or get squiggy for some reason squiggy's terrible in this i don't know why they chose squiggy i'm assuming it's because yes they knew squiggy someone in the staff knew uh what's his face we just call him squiggy david lander but what some people someone knew squiggy i guess and they brought him in but he's terrible doesn't matter who it wouldn't probably matter who they brought in because it'd still be terrible. Maybe if it was like the Fonz, you know, I'll cut Henry Winkler some slack. Um, <laughs> if we're talking about seventy sitcom stars, bring in Henry Henry Winkler. Right, he's still working. He still does awesome stuff. He's, he's still hilarious. great. Yeah, Henry Winkler's great. Um, but they don't. So here we go, nope. Matt. I'm gonna I'm gonna try and keep my sanity while I describe what happens in the third act. So okay. we we come back from commercial. They've picked up. We don't really know ever – one, they never they never give us – They all, all we know is that the 1895 house is in Springfield somewhere mm-hmm. because they go to a poo. They, they go to the Quickie Mart. So they have to be close to the Quickie Mart. But then we see – and this is another one of those logical – like insane illogical things that just makes no sense. You think about it for one second. We see helicopters lift up the house at the end of Act 2 and then it's dumped into a river. Now, my first thought, Matt, is that's the Springfield River, right? Sure, Robbie. Sure. You're so innocent. I know. I that's But that's what I think. I'm like, okay, it's a helicopter picking up the house. They drop it in the Springfield River to, to introduce drama and conflict. Okay. 
The house mm-hmm. quickly gets wrecked because, of course, it's in our, houses are not meant to be dropped into rivers. And everyone, the whole t- family, cl- climbs out of the house, and they're all really sad. <laughs> our lives are ruined. Oh, yeah, this is great stuff. Let's take lunch, people. Do we get lunch? We're not allowed to interfere with the reality of the show, which reminds me, burn the leftovers, leave nothing. I can't remember the last time I cried like this. When you put your t-shirt on backwards? (laughs) Oh, yes. The tag chafed my throat. (laughs) Let's go eat some bugs. Why are they sad? I, I don't know. Like, you have to have reasons for characters to have emotion. Like, I don't... They mm-hmm. settled into a comfort... They settled into a life in the 1895 house. I understand. But they want to be that... They Like, I I don't know. But they're wandering around. And they're in the woods. That's all we know at this point. That They're in the woods. We don't get a name yet to where they are. Right. So, they're wandering around trying to find food. Um... The Simpsons basically Homer signed a contract that waived all their rights, so I guess that the reality show can just torture them to death and starve them in the the wilderness. I don't know if there's, don't think there's any contract on Earth that will actually allow that, but whatever. Again, another little thing that makes that. So the Simpsons are wandering around and they meet other old reality show contestants. We come in peace. We take them your land. We're not savages. I'm a paralegal from Cleveland. And I'm a nutritionist from Santa Fe. We were a tribe on another reality show, but we lost the final challenge. I just couldn't eat any more kangaroo testicles. So the show just abandoned us here. The weird part is, now I can't get enough of them. But now we're going to escape. We're going to overpower your crew and return to civilization. Wow. Marge, I think I figured out their primitive language. That's my homie. Is it so gosh darn hard to get cocktail sauce in the middle of the Amazon? Oh, Robbie, we found out where they're at. This is the one moment where I, I almost, I've lost it. Like, I felt like I was slipping into, like, insanity. They're in the Amazon. They helicoptered a house from Springfield, America, to the Amazon. Do they not? I mean, I'm not a geography genius by any stretch of the imagination, Matt. I'm I pretty know, sure you know where the Amazon is relative to the U.S. I know where the U.S. is. I know where the Amazon is. It's an incredible distance between the two. Mm-hmm. They helicopter there in the span of a night. Yep. To- carrying a house, by the way. Mm-hmm. Why? Because that's where reality shows take place, uh, is in weird places like the Amazon. So they think, oh, reality TV, they need to spice things up. Why not basically crib from another reality TV show? Because that's all this this episode is supposed to be, is reality TV jokes. They're in the Amazon, man. Mm-hmm. I would, I, I'm not, I'm trying not to yell. I really just want to yell, they're in the Amazon? Mm-hmm. They're in, I, mean, I can't, I just say it over and over again. Um, So... They're in the Amazon with all these other reality show contestants. Um, and then they, there's no jokes really here, except like a joke about, oh, yeah, they had to eat kangaroo testicles. Mm-hmm. Which is, that's I mean, that's fine joke. There has to be something. That's, that's standard reality TV show fare. Yeah, that's fine. Especially in 2002, you know, Fear Factor, Survivor. There has to be 
something past it to carry the show. So the old contestants and the family, they they combine forces and they attack the crew of this reality show. And by attack, they murder them. Yep. Marge kill Marge kills a man. Marge mm-hmm. and Lisa murder someone. We yep. watch it happen. Correct. Marge and Lisa push a man off a cliff. Yep. And they death. stare at each other like it's a sitcom and go, ooh! It is shrug. They go, uh Like, oops, we didn't realize pushing a man off a cliff would make him die. Oh, no. Well, oh. you know, we just thought it'd be, you know, he would fall down and go boom. So we've gotten from, here's order of events. Lisa gets a wooden hockey stick. It has termites in it. Termites infect the house. House gets tended for six months. Family gets accepted into an 1895 reality show. 1895 reality show gets boring, so they get dropped in the Amazon. They they team up with old contestants, murder the crew. And then, Matt, after all that, nonsense after nonsense after nonsense, just nothing connected. Mm-hmm. Just so much of garbage thrown together. We get, I think, a suitable ending for this episode. Oh, it sure is good to be home. No more reality shows for us. Let's watch some quality scripted television. Law and order. Elevator inspectors unit. Well, here's the thing, Inspector. The button for five doesn't light up. I think I'm going to be sick. Oh, that's it. TV was the one good thing in my life, and now I can't enjoy it anymore. Hmm. I guess we'll have to find a new way to entertain ourselves. What about books? Yeah. If we read books, we could form a club. If we formed a club, we could serve drinks. Hey, Dad, why don't we watch you drink from a hose? Good idea, Lisa. Hmm, the water's off. I'll use my eye to see what the trouble is. (laughs) Off again. Maybe I can hear what's going on. (laughs) So, this has become a game of wits, has it? Perhaps my other eye will get to the bottom of this. Well, that was fun. So, they're in the Amazon, and then suddenly they're home. Right. Then we get jokes about law and order elevator inspectors. Mm Mm-hmm. I guess poking fun at, oh, scripted television can also be bad. Yep. So it's kind of this wishy-washy, eh, we don't really have anything to say, so eh, let's, everything's bad. Let's just say that. Uh, that's not clever. There's That's not artful. Uh, this episode isn't artful. This episode's bad. Um, oh, yeah. It's not offensively bad. It's just frustrating. It's just, you know, nothing happens in it. Um it's I, I it has a few yags. That's like all, all I can say in the positives. There's a couple good laughs in it, you know, chuckles, but it I like I'm not gonna give something credit for having a plot that is obviously thrown together and nonsensical and just a vehicle for a couple loose gags someone had like written down in some old notepad. Oh, I've got some hockey jokes. Well let's include them. Like oh, we have some jokes about skyboxes. Okay, let's have that. Uh I got some jokes about uh, Squiggy. All right, then Squiggy comes on board. Like I don't. That's what this feels like. Um, 
don't don't watch it if you haven't yet it's terrible it is don't do it don't watch um we'll rank it at the end of the show oh boy amen mm-hmm. oh this is where i asked was this broken because yes yes it is even no. though i can answer that yeah a- a- ask the question man robbie is this episode broken no you were right the first time with that quick fix idea let's see quick fix quick fix ah Yes, Matt. I don't. You like you said. Yes, this episode's broken. It is terrible. <laughs> it's so. It's just nonsense from beginning to end. It's like it's not even like cartoonish. Like like Warner. Like Looney Tunes makes is more cohesive. Um, how do we fix this episode, Matt? Well, if you're trying to do reality TV jokes, you can do that. That's fine. Reality TV was ripe for skewering in the early 2000s. Uh, one have a better reality TV show with a a more consistent focus um, because I, I feel like the whole reality TV shows changing like genres. It, it seems like a weird way for this to go. Uh, I feel like the idea of introducing a new character is fine, but it, it should be somebody from Springfield, not a random, you know, celebrity host or whatever, just somebody from Springfield that the Simpsons don't like or don't get along with. If you want to introduce some drama and then the episode is basically about how they come to terms with that and maybe eventually find, they find out that, oh, the producers are pulling the strings behind the scenes because that's how reality TV works in actuality. And then the episode is basically about how they overcome that and, and get one over on the producers and get their house back. And and obviously just cut the entire first act, find somebody that Simpsons out of their house in the first two minutes. Yeah, one, you connect everything together. One, you have like some you have something get them out of their house that ends up being the producer's fault mm-hmm. of this reality show. You make the reality show something that is a little bit more ubiquitous among reality shows. You make it like a real world, or you make it like a survivor, or you make it like a fear factor. You do you choose like something that is bigger so that it's easier to make write gags about it. And it's an easier way to like kind of typify reality show in general. Uh you don't put them in an 1895 house where you get basically a single gag. And that gag is things are harder in 1895. Right. That's the joke. We get it 15 different ways, but give them, you put yourself in a position to succeed. So yeah, there's no hockey. There's no arena. The reason they they are knocked out of their house is ends up being the producers saw the Simpsons and realized that they were a perfect family to be in a reality show. And then, yes, you can insert that stuff about the boredom. I think that still works about them finally settling into like a place of consistency. And then, yes, Matt, that is a brilliant idea. You bring in someone from Springfield who is obnoxious and frustrating and introduces conflict into the house. It could be Mr. Burns. Yeah, that'd be great. Mr. Burns or or comic book guy if you want him on the episode for some reason because he's really annoying. Uh, Agnes Skinner. Uh, Helen Lovejoy, just someone who's going to stir the pot a little. Even Ned. It can be Ned. And then have there, there's conflict there. Someone who's going to just I'll bring a little conflict in the or someone who's in who's in league with the producers, you know, who who's, you know, could be anyone, anyone who just wants the money the producers are giving them is to stir the pot. And then the Simpsons realize the emptiness of this artificiality. Lisa probably gives a little tiny speech about how yeah scripted television certainly has its faults but at least when they're trying to present drama it is there's no there's no artifice about if it's real or not you know it's a scripted television program it doesn't pretend to be a 
to be a documentary while real reality shows for a long time and still do largely like oh yeah this is real except oh it's not all fake it's all fake the producers arrange it all so and then the end is them revealing oh the producer has been arranging it all maybe they even broadcast that to the world and like hey this is all fake and then the simpsons get their house back together and the producer gets embarrassed ashamed whatever but you don't they don't go to the amazon well no that would be ludicrous I forgot that, Matt. That is the one thing I forgot about this episode that they I didn't really I know they went out to like the woods. I forgot literally they they're like, no, we're in the Amazon. I'm like Okay. Alright. Um we can move on, Matt. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. Because that's ever happened. Yes, to our next segment. It's time for comments of the news group. Okay, here we are. Alt.nerd.obsessive. Comments the news group is where I will look through the nohomers.net forums uh, about the time the episode debuted to see what people thought about, thought about it at the time. Um, it largely is average, mediocre to negative on this one, Matt. So that I, I think that's some small solace. True. They they at, the, they at the time, a lot of people thought it was bad then too, um, which is 22%, almost 22% gave it a 1% out of five 18 percent gave it a two out of five 33 percent the majority there gave it a three out of five and then 16 percent four and ten percent a five out of five so the the mo- most people over 70 percent gave this a mediocre to poor score good for them yes they know terrible when they see it uh yes i pulled i pulled a couple of reviews uh well all i can say is wtf this episode had a few good classic moments and a fair amount of decent jokes. For the most part, it was just really bizarre and weird. I really kept thinking, what is going on during the show? It was like taking the wackiest Scully episode possible and stretching it out so it really goes nowhere. And it didn't. They just abruptly end with it in their own home again as if the whole termite thing never happened. Uh, bottom line, terrible ending, terrible weird plot, way too many confusing or totally absurd and non-logical things happening. Uh, WTF moments and some of the most... and dumb- and some of the downright lamest gags the show has done so far. Three out of five, and that's being generous. There are some great jokes in it. If it didn't have those, I'd have given it a 1.5 out of five. Um, next is four out of ten, which, hey, that's... Just say two out of five, man. We're, we're going out of the five scale. Two out of five is the same. Uh, boy, did this episode live up to the hype. It sucked. Uh, pros, Law and & Order, and Elevator Inspection Unit. Bill Cosby mocking reality. Oof. That Bill Cosby stuff. Nothing has aged worse than all Bill Cosby jokes forever. Uh, Bart's Telegram, Prank Call, King of the Hill parody, The Subtle Link at Lisa on Ice, and great meta references. The cons. I thought the family enjoyed hockey. At first, I thought it was going to be a WNBA game. Uh, Squiggy was poorly used. I don't think there's a good use for Squiggy. That's just <laughs> that's me speaking. The first act is somewhat disjointed and uses filler for some lame jokes. An all too surreal third act. How many times has the, uh, the family been abandoned on an island in the past three seasons? Homer gushing blood after shaving. Homer getting crushed by a rock. Homer spraying himself with a hose. That's all I have to say for now. And finally, wow, I'm disappointed. Well, not too much, as I didn't have high hopes for this episode in the first place. But still, in spite of the lame hockey scene, the first two acts offered some good laughs, especially the Hill ripoff in Comic Guy's apartment. For a while, the 1895 challenge was pretty funny. But when David Lander was added, things started to dip. The house in the river was cheesy, and the vote-offs rebelling was pretty dumb. Plus, the scene ended roughly with a dumb joke. The ending was lousy, too. My least favorite so far is season 14, two out of five. So, man, we're not alone. Even then. We're not alone. This time, we actually agree with him. 
How right. weird is that? Helter Shelter is in a lot of worst episode lists, like least the worst 50 episodes. Helter Shelter oh. is in all in a fair share of them. We can't move on, Matt. Again, to our next segment, it's time for listener question of the week. Let's try one more number. <gasps> Yellow. KBBL is going to give me something stupid. Well, hot dog, we have a wiener. Yellow. Our listener question of the week this week is, what is the most romantic Homer Marge moment? A lot of great answers that made me, you know, reflect on the those great episodes. Mm. It gives you the warm feelings. Um, speaking of, Lauren, her answer, I have to go with the last scene from The Way We Was. This always gives me warm feelings. Um, Marge, when I got home, I realized who I should have gone to prom with. Homer, who? Oh, my prom date. Marge, poor Vu. Marge response, why so glum, Homer? I've got a problem. As soon as you stop this car, I'm going to hug you and kiss you, and then I'll never be able to let you go. And I never have. Aw. Uh, from Rashek, Rashek, apologize, I probably butchered your name. I will now read these special vows which Homer has prepared for this occasion. Do you, Marge, take Homer in richness and in poorness? Poorness is underlined. In impotence and impotence. In quiet solitude or blasting across the alkali flats in a jet powered monkey navigated. And it goes on like this. <laughs> oh. In porn pornus is underlined, Matt. Mm-hmm. Well, obviously. Obviously. From Mike, Marge, you've you've given me your hand in marriage. The only thing I can offer in return is my soul, which I pledge to you for all eternity. It's probably the sweetest thing in any trails of horror. Well, yeah. I think. I can't think of anything else. Off the top of my head. Most trails of horrors don't don't go too sappy. Yeah, they're not really... They don't really do all that much for no. sappiness and sweetness. No. Uh, from Jenny, Marge reading Homer's, Homer the poem she's written when they think Homer is going to die. Bit soppy, what works for me. Um, when Brandon... Brandon's answer, when Homer throws General Sherman back in the lake and Marge jumps back into his arms. Uh, Holly, the closing scene of another Simpsons clip show. The memory of a bunch of their kisses followed by a sweet, loving kiss. Uh, Timothy's answer... Tell him I'm going to the back seat of my car with a woman I love. And I won't be back for ten minutes. Uh, from, I think I'm pronouncing this, Elon. Her answer, Marge and Homer's escapade in the inflatable castle at Niagara Falls. And catch him if you can. Uh, Ahoy, is there anyone alive? Marge's answer, more alive than any of you squares. <laughs> uh, Sean's answer. Without question, has to be season 15 episode Codependence Day, where Marge bravely covers for Homer's drunk driving by accepting under her own volition in a totally conscious state of DOI that surprisingly has no effects regarding her insurance, her life, or the trust of her family. Or we can go with Marge Porvu. Whatever. Nothing matters. <laughs> Sean, have you been watching these episodes along with us? All right. That's, that's, the, that's the general. You can tell, Matt. I can tell when I read the answers when people have been watching with us because they feel a little bit, a little like, <sighs> uh, from employee mate, oh, Benjamin, the climax of I Married Marge always sticks out to me for being romantic and funny at the same time. Would you mind if I took it off now? The oil is burning my finger. Uh, Lauren, L. Cumbie 88. The first time Homer sees Marge in detention in the Carpenter's play in the way we was, they are true soulmates. From Annie at Annie Dion, life in the fast lanes ending always moves me to tears. Uh, Ion Simpsons at Ion Simpsons. Always been a fan of Marge singing to Homer at the end of Simpson and Delilah. Uh, from Lauren, El Cumbia 88. Already did that one. Never mind. Doubles. I doubled up. Oh. And finally from James, James underscore Warwick. It can't be anything else apart from the way we was, can it? 
Marge's, why so glum? And Homer's, I got a problem. Once you stop this car, I'm going to hug you and kiss you. I'll never be able to let you go. I never have. Matt, what's your answer? Uh, Definitely the last one there. I can't imagine anyone picking anything other than that, because quite frankly, it hurts my heart to think that any of those other ones could even compare to that. Uh, excuse me? Yeah. Yeah. Excuse me? Your answer's not that. You're wrong. My answer is not that, Matt. My answer is someone is an answer no one said. Oh, Uh, really? Okay. Which is the Mysterious Voyage of Homer, the ending of Mysterious Voyage of Homer, where Marge tracks down Homer in the lighthouse and confirms that they're soulmates, basically, because she knows everything about Homer, knows exactly how to find him. And on top of that, Matt, we get in your face space coyote. (laughs) That is true, but, you know. In your face, space, space coyote? Uh, <laughs> I just love this Chase Voyager Homer, and I love how expertly it navigates two people. Um, even though Marge is not very is not in the episode very much, that one moment at the end really nails, like, oh, yeah, she's never in doubt. Homer's the one who's in doubt. She's like, no, we're soulmates. I got upset at you, but that doesn't change anything. Yeah. I just, I, it's, I, I love it. Um, there's, of course, all these answers are great. Um, Marge and Homer, when they're written well, God, the relationship's great. Uh, next week's question. What is your favorite parody of a television show on The Simpsons? It could be like a momentary joke or it could be a longer form thing. Whatever you, you know, you guys can figure it out. You're smart. Uh, post this question on our social media, facebook.com slash The Simpsons Show Pod, Twitter at Simpsons Show Pod. You can email us at Simpsons Show Pod at gmail.com. Next up, Matt, is time once again for the No Google Trivia Challenge. I am too smart. I am too smart. S-M-R-T. I mean S-M-A-R-R-T. The No Go Trivia Challenges for Matt and I each challenge each other with three trivia questions, one easy, one medium, and one hard. Try and stump the other. Matt has a lead on me by one point so far this season. Not too happy about that, because that one point turns to three, to, to seven, to fourteen. We'll see. I think it went pretty easy on you this week. Okay. Are you ready for an easy question, Matt? I am ready. These are all from Lisa on Ice. Lisa plays what position on the hockey team? Uh, she is the goalie. That is correct. All right. All of your questions this week are from Principal Charming. Ooh. So your easy question, who does Principal Skinner date in Principal Charming? Oh, God. No. You had a 50-50 chance. I know. I I always get it backwards. I always get it confused. I th- want to say Selma. Selma? I'm sorry, it's Patty. Why? They're the same. They practically are, although we learn later on that that's not really true. I know, but that's I, that always felt weirdly artificial to me. Maybe, yeah. maybe I don't know. Uh, okay, your meaning question, Matt. What is the final score of the final game? Ah, uh, final score. It's a tie game. I want to say it is. Oh, um, three to three. Yes, that's right. Oh, thank God. Whew. <laughs> I hate you. Uh, give me a medium right. question. Your medium question. What does Bart write in the field with sodium tetrasulfate? I think you've asked me this question three times. I never get it right. No, I've, I've asked I have asked you, what is the chemical sodium tetrasulfate? At least once, probably twice. But now I'm asking you, what does he use it to write? What does Bart use? What does Bart write in there? Correct. Okay. Um, eat my shorts. I'm sorry, it's his name, Bart. Skinner says, Bart says, maybe it was one of the other Barts, and Skinner yells at him, there are no other Barts. I find that hard to believe. Mm. Tired of elementary school, there's only one Bart. How many Bartholomews do you know? 
I don't know any. It just some that doesn't mean there aren't any. Oh, that's true. Your hard question, Matt. What question does Mr. Garoppolo ask Bart in his dream sequence where he is the smartest kid in the school? Smartest dream sequence. Lisa Milhouse goes, now that Lisa is better at you than at sports, oh, does that right, mean yeah, yeah, you're going to be... Yeah. All of the questions? What questions? Yes. There's okay, th- there's, okay. There's three. Um, three, okay. I, I none of them are coming to mind. I, I know the cadence, but I can't remember the actual words, so I don't know. Capital of Spain. Square root of thirty six. Mm-hmm. And who freed the slaves? <laughs> Bart Simpson, put your hand down. You haven't got a right answer all day. I was going to give you a bonus point if you could a- a- answer all the three questions. Oh, I could have. You could have, but you didn't. Uh, you're already I killing didn't. me this week. You know, you don't need a bonus point. What's my hard question? Your hard question. What is Patty's favorite candy? Um, it's something strange, isn't it? Um, Skinner, I think, listed off. Skinner listed off. Gumdrops? I don't know. Sorry, it's cherry cordials. Cherry cordials. I knew it was like a, I was thinking strawberry for some reason. Mm-hmm. But I was like, I, like, I was like a fruity, something fruity, but cherry cordials. No, that is a weird, that's a very old timey kind of candy. It is. I used to like them, but they're just too sweet. What is that? I don't know what that means, man. Too sweet? Sure you don't. How? How could? How can candy be too sweet? No such thing. Mm-hmm. But well, it doesn't matter, Matt. You're killing me. Like I said, I got zero points. It's a embarrassing failure of a week. Everyone's probably yelling at their their phones or computers. How could I not know that or that or that? I apologize for my my mm-hmm. shame. Maybe next week I can redeem myself. Until then. We- we can move on to our final segment, the segment we end every single episode with. It's time for best episode ever. Best episode ever. Best episode ever is the part show where Matt and I rank the episodes categorically. We watch them chronologically, eventually compiling a list of every episode ever and how good they are. Um, Robbie, I just don't know. It's so bad. I mean, our, I mean, for once we agree with the people at the time that it's just bad, bad, bad. So are we looking bottom 10, bottom 20? I don't know, Matt. They're terrible. I'll give it that. Um, prob- well, I'm, I'm trying to look at episodes and think, like, like, is it worse than this? Is this worse than Large Marge from last week? Uh, I don't know. They're all terrible in their own way. I think this is worse than Large Marge. Okay. I think this is worth some large march, which is number two fifty six, which would put it in the bottom twenty. Okay, that's fine. I I, I can. I was actually looking right around like weekend at burning Burnsies and Homer versus Dignity, somewhere in that range, um, just because those are just nonsensically bad and they take forever to get going. They have all the same problems that this one does. Um, I guess it depends on how much you hate this, the ways that all of these have been bad. Yeah, I would honestly put it lower than that. I would put it like. Homer vs. Dignity, for all the things it does bad, it, like, the plot, there's a plot. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's a plot. This has nothing. Like, this is like a Tennis the Menace, Brawl in the Family, parent rap, I think. Bart vs. Lisa vs. the third grade. I think it's better than Bart vs. Lisa vs. the third grade. It has, it's yeah. funny, it's funnier than Bart vs. Lisa vs. the third grade. There's some jokes in here, uh, you know, once in a while that I go, oh, that's clever. 
that, you know, the plot still doesn't hang together at all, but it's funnier than Bart vs. Lisa vs. the Third Grade, because that episode was joyless, uh, except for, like, the uh, one Maggie gag at the end. Yeah. Um. Okay, is it better or worse than Bye Bye Nerdy? Mm, I'm going to say it's worse, because Bye Bye Nerdy was bad, but it was at least semi-coherent in what they were trying to accomplish. This one can't even get to the plot until the second act starts, and even then, it falls apart by the time the third act starts. Yeah, I think I'm right there with you. Um, it's Helter Shelter. That's a new number 268 on our list, which puts it in the bottom 10, which I was not expecting with this episode. I expect it to be bad, because I just generally expect episodes to be bad now, but I did not expect bottom 10 bad. Um, oof. Yeah, it's just like if all it all it would take was just the merest effort at coherence to make the plot make sense, it would be so much better if it just made sense. Like it it's, it doesn't seem like it's a complicated problem. You just have to have things like people do things and act like real people. But uh, that's something that felt like this show was incapable of at the time. Our next episode, Matt. Is one of my most hated. Oh wow! I'm just gonna say that right now. Uh, it's the okay. great. It's the great Louse Detective. Oh, that's right, Frank Grimes Jr. Your fave. Um, my largely because of, I think largely because of how much I love Homer's Enemy. Um, this is uh it's Sideshow Bob episode as well, mm-hmm. which is also a shame because I don't I like even the bad Bob episodes I generally like or like more than I should, but. Um, we'll talk about it next week. I don't expect to like it, but whatever. Maybe I'll, you know, I'll freak. I'll, you know, go a little crazy on it, probably a little bit. Although I don't know how much of that I have left anymore, Matt. Like the yelling and all that. I don't know if I can yeah. muster it anymore. Just so this uh, this season, season fourteen. I never remembered it is this bad, but it is really bad. Yep, really bad. Uh, well, I guess we we'll get a handle on it after we finish it. That's next week's great last detective. Uh. You can find this list at our, our website. It's thesimpsonshow.com. Links to everything there, including our Facebook, our Twitter, our RSS feed, and a link to our Patreon. Obviously, if you want to help out the show, help us pay for hosting, all that good stuff, uh, support us there. We appreciate everyone who does get a bunch of bonus podcasts as well. You find me online on Twitter at Robbie Dorman. You can check out my website. It's RobbieDorman.com. It has links to my other podcasts and links to buy my books, my newest book, Underneath a story of remote terror in Antarctica. It's great for fans of body horror, the thing, the terror. Frankly, it's the best book I've written yet. You should go buy it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Matt does not participate in social media. You will not find him. That's true. Uh, but over the holidays, I conquered Santa and took over his workshop at the North Pole. So uh, just go ahead and write to Santa. Uh, and pop it into the mail. Uh, they know what to do with it. They'll get it to me. I'm the new Santa now. Did, did you... Did you invoke the Santa Claus? No, no, I just I convinced Santa to retire peacefully because he's he's had a long, useful life. Is that like, did you use quote fingers when you said retire? No, I did not. He actually retired. He's uh, we actually swapped houses, basically. Where am I going to stay when I visit Orlando, Matt? With Santa, I kept that provision in the, the sale. Did he bring his elves with him? I have so many questions. No, no, no the, elves, the elves are employees. They work for me. How do you pay them? You know, pay elves. Oh, I see. So they're interns. Yes. Okay. I'm Robbie. 
And I'm Matt. And keep watching The Simpsons. Shh.